glad that that you are with us. You might want to uh, go ahead and mark your Bibles to Hebrews chapter 2. We're going to be reading that passage at the very beginning of the lesson, Hebrews chapter 2, and also uh, two passages back to back, both in Revelation chapter 3. So if you want to go ahead and mark both of those, we'll be using those uh, uh, very, very early in the lesson. I want to mention uh, again the CYC group who should be should be on their way home by now. Uh, I know last year we went to worship at at 9 a.m. I think uh, uh, at, at the the big uh, auditorium they have there in Pigeon Forge. A big crowd gathers together to worship, and that should be over by now. I, I'm thinking, and they're probably uh, either getting ready or even on their way home right now. So. Uh, prayers for a safe trip for them. Uh, again, uh, Bobby mentioned uh, uh, Ben and, and Sawyer uh, heading out this Saturday. Let's be praying for them uh, on their missionary trip. And Tommy Lynn Turner is is here today. I think I just mentioned last Sunday that he had volunteered for the Marine Corps. Today is the last Sunday he will be here for a while. He ships out later this week for Paris Island. Uh, to begin uh, training, so uh, let us uh, let us keep Tommy Lynn uh, and his family in mind and in our prayers as well. We're glad you're with us today. We're glad that you're here. If you happen to be visiting, thank you for being here. You're always welcome here at Bethel. We begin in Hebrews chapter two uh, and in verse one. The Hebrew writer says, "Therefore." We must give the more earnest heed to the things we have heard, lest we drift away. For if the word spoken through angels proves steadfast, and every transgression and disobedience received a just reward, then how shall we escape if we neglect so great a salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord and was confirmed to us, by those who heard him. The Hebrew writer here warns us about drifting and neglect. Those two things must be two of the absolute easiest things in the world to do. If you all you got to do is nothing and you got it. Christians as as individuals and even whole congregations can can drift like a like a dead fish. We're floating on top of the water. But spiritually we are dead. That's exactly what had happened at Sardis. Look at Revelation chapter three now, beginning with the first verse and Hold this because we're going to look at Laodicea in just a minute. Look what had happened at Sardis. To the angel of the church in Sardis write, These things says he who has the seven spirits of God and the seven stars. I know your works. You have a name that you are alive. But you are dead. Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found your works perfect before God. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Therefore if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief, and you will not know what hour I will come 
upon you. Sardis, Sardis, the whole congregation was, they were floating on top, but they were a spiritual corpse. Similar situation at Laodicea. Same chapter and verse 14. To the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, These things says the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know your works, that you are neither cold nor hot. I could wish that you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say I'm rich. I have become wealthy and have need of nothing and do not know that you are wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. The Laodiceans had not just quit, but they were lukewarm. And that was not good enough. How do we know? How can... We know if, if this kind of thing is happening to us, I mean, what was going on at Sardis, what was happening at Laodicea, uh, was not good. That, that wasn't good enough. Were they still uh, uh, coming to church? Well, it seems like uh, maybe they were at least part of the time. Were they still professing to be faithful Christians? Well, it seems like they probably were. But they weren't doing it good enough. What are some ways that we can know if that's happening to us? What, what are some, some warning signs that maybe we can look for that will alert us that we are slipping away? I believe that perhaps the most obvious thing, the thing that you immediately think of first, is if we have started to neglect to assemble with our brothers and sisters on the Lord's Day to worship. Now, now I said neglect. That, that, means, that means that we are, are staying away for, for no good reason. Now, I have to admit, I, I will acknowledge this myself, I'm, I'm hard on folks <laughs> when it comes to attendance. I, I emphasize attending the worship services. But there's two reasons why I do that. One is Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 25, which tells us not forsaking, and that's the key word there, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more, as you see the day approaching. Now, missing service is is not necessarily forsaking, is it? There's lots of, of good reasons. I mean, there's a, a, a truckload of reasons why we might be absent from service. But the Bible warns us about forsaking. That's, that's the word there. About forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. The other thing is, I don't believe, and I'm talking about myself here, I don't believe that we will stay faithful if we don't assemble regularly 
Got to be there every single time? Well, that's pretty hard to do sometimes. But if we don't assemble regularly with our brothers and sisters and receive encouragement by doing so, if we don't sing together and pray together and, and, and gather around the Lord's table together, if, if we don't do those things regularly, I believe that we will fall away. And I say we. I'm talking about all of us. Let me, let me ask you an honest question. This, I'm, I, I said I'm bad about this, and I am. I'm, I'm kind of hard on folks about these things, but I, I'm not trying to pass judgment here. I'm asking you an honest question to answer for yourself. If we only come to worship when there's nothing else that we'd rather do that day, how faithful are we? If, if that's the only time we're going to be here, there's, I, you know, I don't have anything else to do, might as well go to church. How faithful are we if that's our spirit and our attitude? If we get up on, on Sunday morning, it's the first day of the week, the Bible refers to it as the Lord's Day, but assembling with our brothers and sisters to worship is our second or third option on that particular day. How, how faithful are we? I, I'm, I'm just asking you, how faithful are we if, if that's our attitude? Now, we're going to be hindered sometimes, friends. Of course we are. Sure we are. There's, there's no doubt about it. But, but those things... Those things that we could do any time, or maybe, or maybe not do at all. Uh, one friend I have here in the neighborhood tells me, I, I can't come to Sunday morning worship because my wife and I like to go out for breakfast on Sunday morning. Well, there's nothing wrong with going out for breakfast. Show up at Hardy's at 8.30 and you can still make it to church in plenty of time. If, we are, if we're forsaking the worship for those kind of things, forsaking is the word, then I think it's probably safe to say we're drifting. We are, we are slipping away. Do you want to stop drifting if you're thinking, well, that describes me. Do you want to stop? Well, assemble with your brothers and your sisters. Worship with them. Talk to them. Shake their hands hug their necks, receive their encouragement. That is the best remedy that I know for drifting. Assemble and worship with your brothers and your sisters. And again, I don't believe that T.A. Smith will stay faithful if he doesn't do that on a regular basis. I don't believe he will. If we have lost interest in the Bible. The Bible is God's Word. If we've lost interest in that and what it teaches us to do, then we are drifting, or, or at least we will, we will drift. If, if, we're, if we're not interested in God's Word, we're going to drift away. I mean, that's a sure thing. 100% we're going to drift away if we're not interested in God's Word. Look at the, the picture that Peter paints in 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. 1 Peter 2 and verse 2. He says, 
as newborn babes. Get that picture now. As newborn babes desire the, the pure milk of the Word that you may grow thereby. And so we are to have a desire for the Word. What, what does a hungry baby do? <laughs> it, it cries. I want more. I'm, I'm, I'm hungry. Give me some more. And that's the spirit that we should have when it comes to God's Word. We're hungry for it. We want more so we can grow as a Christian. We can improve and, and, and do better. We want more of it. We can read our Bibles at home or wherever we might be. If you have an app, the Bible app on your phone, a lot of us do, you can read your Bible and even hear it read aloud wherever you are on, on your Bible, on your phone, I should have said. You can hear the Bible on your phone. Listen to CDs. They put the headphones on or the, the ear things in and, uh, and hear the Bible read aloud to you. I used to do that driving down the road. I, I, I eventually stopped that because I would be focusing so much on what I was hearing read to me. I wasn't focusing enough on my driving, Larry, and so I, I, I kind of got away from that. So you got to be careful doing that. But, but you can hear it. Somebody's reading it to you. <laughs> Come to Sunday school at 9.30. Come to Wednesday night Bible study. Come to VBS uh, in the summers. There, there's lots of ways that we can study God's Word and, and grow and, and improve. If, if we have lost interest in God's Word, I, I, I think we're, we're more than just, just drifting. We're already sinking. We're, we're sinking to the bottom of the stream already. We're, we're more than just drifting. We've already started to sink if we have no interest in the Bible. Look with me at, at Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 5. I want to show you something here. In Hebrews chapter 5 and in verse 12, the Hebrew writer says, For though by, by this time... You ought to be teachers. You need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness. Because uh, he's a babe, talking about a young Christian there, hadn't, hadn't been to church long. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. If, if, we've, if we've been in church for a, a while, but we don't know very much about the Bible, I think we can safely say that we have neglected to study the Word the way that we should. If, if we, no matter how long you've been to church, 
if we are not learning, if we are not improving, if we are not doing better as a Christian, we're, we're always, always trying to, to do it better, then we are drifting downstream. And it is just a matter of time before we sink to the bottom. If we have lost interest in God's Word, we are sinking to the bottom. Let me mention one more thing. And I was, I was thinking about this, working on, working on the working on the sermon outline, I, I thought about this and I, I decided to include it in the lesson because, because I've seen it happen. If we find ourselves becoming more and more dissatisfied and we're just, we're just un, unhappy at, at church, we might, we might be drifting. That, that, that might be a sign that we can, can take note of and, and, and pick up on. We're, we're headed in the wrong direction. We're, we're headed out of the church if we're becoming really dissatisfied. We might be looking for a reason to quit. Now, we hadn't admitted that to ourselves uh, just yet. Uh, no, no doubt. We, we, we've not acknowledged that this is my fault, but, but that might be what it is. Uh, we're, we're so busy looking around at, at everybody else and we're saying, well, it's, it's his fault and it's his fault and it's, and it's, and it's her fault. Uh, they're, they're driving me out of the church when really we're the one with the problem. We're looking for an excuse to quit. We hadn't admitted it to ourselves, but that's what we're doing. Now, now humans make mistakes. All, all humans make mistakes. Uh, nobody is, is, is mistake-proof. We all mess up sometimes. It could be that some constructive criticism might be needed. That's not always a bad thing. Uh, folks don't like constructive criticism. But it could be that a little bit might be needed. It's not always a bad thing. But if, if just recently, here lately, you've started finding fault with your brothers and your sisters, or maybe the sermons, uh, you don't like the sermons as much anymore. They're, they're offending you. I used to like that preacher, but I don't like him anymore. <clears throat> if you are starting, excuse me, <coughs> if you are starting to feel like that, then just stop for a moment and, and ask yourself, did you always think that your brothers and sisters were that bad? Or did that just start just recently when you started looking for an excuse to quit? Which one, which one was it really? And if you don't like the sermons, ask yourself one question about that sermon. Was it the gospel? Was it biblical? Was it, was it the truth? If it was, all you can do is get in line with it. 
Don't get mad at the preacher or the Sunday school teacher for telling you the truth. That's what they're supposed to do. They're trying to teach you God's Word. You ought to be grateful that there's someone who's willing to teach you the truth. Don't get mad at them for teaching you God's Word. You just got to get in line with it. If you're trying to find fault, maybe you are just looking for an excuse to quit. Let me assure you, and I say this, I say this with kindness. Your excuse will not hold up on the day of judgment. When you stand before God in judgment, your excuse will not hold up. <clears throat> Drifting can happen to anybody. It takes no effort at all. As, as a matter of fact, it takes effort to keep it from happening. So how hard are we trying this morning? How, how much effort are we, are we putting forth to, to stay faithful and, and, and not drift? How, how hard are we trying to stay faithful, to be a faithful member of the church and be practicing the New Testament and, and doing what God would have us to do? How much effort are we making? Got to try, folks. We've got to try. Or are you trying to swim upstream? Or are you just floating on top waiting to sink to the bottom? This morning as we offer the Lord's invitation, I would I would just say if <clears throat> if you have obeyed the gospel at some time in your life, that's a that's a fantastic thing. And I hope that that you can say, man, I'm paddling just as, just as hard as I can. I, I'm, I'm trying my best. I'm swimming upstream and I'm improving and I'm doing better all the time. I, I truly hope that you can say that. But if you feel like maybe you have drifted away, uh, you're just floating on top now. You, you've not done as well as you should have done. And, and you know that you are no longer in good standing with God, then this, this is a chance to right the ship. This is a chance to, to ask for the prayers of those that are faithful and put yourself back in good standing with God. And hey, you can always start swimming again. Perhaps you have never obeyed the gospel. You've never even, you've never even gotten the water. If you've never become a Christian, you can do so this morning if you're willing to repent of your sins and to confess your faith in Jesus Christ as the Son of God and to be immersed in the waters of baptism for the remission of your sins. If you will do those things, you can be added to the Lord's church this very day. If you're subject to the Lord's invitation, then please let it be known as we stand and sing.